20, and can be found on page 835 of your pew Bibles. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I invite Pastor Jeff to give us our message. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be able to come together for worship. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jeff. I'm one of the pastors here at Crossbridge. I want to begin this morning by putting a question into your minds. How do you put together a jigsaw puzzle? If you can picture with me, maybe you start by finding a large work area away from babies or from pets or just away from a lot of foot traffic. So you might think of a large flat surface, perhaps a large dining room table or that coffee table in your living room. And so you take your box and you dump out all the hundreds of pieces of jigsaw puzzle pieces and you flip over the ones so, so that the picture's uh, right side up or facing up. But now, now what, right? All the, the pieces are scattered before you. So I ask, where, where do you start? This morning, I brought with me a puzzle. Now, you might not be able to tell depending on where you're sitting. <laughs> it's the only puzzle I had. But it's a 768-piece jigsaw puzzle of Yin and myself when we first started dating a long time ago. I think it was like a, a two-year anniversary gift or something. And so if you can see, I, I asked the question again. How do you put together a jigsaw puzzle? Maybe like this one. How did, how did, how did Yin and I you know, go about putting this thing together? Because if you're anything like me, then you're going to be like, well, we're going to be smart about it. We're going to be strategic and efficient. So we start by looking for the edge pieces, right? And we assemble the, the frame of this puzzle picture first. The edges, because the, the edge pieces, right, they're the most distinct. They're the easiest to find in that big pile of puzzle pieces with that straight line or that sharp pointed corner. And so you find all those pieces. You start putting together this frame, this border, right, because this is the thing that's going to give shape and structure to the picture inside. This is the thing that will hopefully make assembling and seeing the picture inside a little bit easier. Now, I say a little easier because I didn't realize at the time when I'd ordered this puzzle, but Yin and I are, are, are wearing pretty plain clothes. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm wearing a blue and white striped shirt, and she's wearing a blue dress. It's like the worst thing when you're ordering a custom puzzle because now our, the puzzle pieces for our bodies are just these indiscernible shades of white and blue. So color coordinating was a horrible idea. 
Yin's roommates were really gracious at the time. And we ended up leaving this incomplete puzzle of our two floating heads in a frame around it on their coffee table for like six months. Just our two floating heads staring at them, greeting them every morning, every time they walked by. Because it was really hard to, to kind of see the whole picture. But if you can imagine, it would have been much harder if we didn't start with the frame. The edges to kind of give, again, shape and structure and definitiveness to the picture inside. Today we're, we're kicking off a new sermon series. It's going to take us through the next uh, two months. It's called This Is Us. Discovering our Crossbridge DNA. In the, in the first message in this series, this morning's message, is called Framing Our Future. Because if you think about the puzzle, right, this picture of where God is leading us, of cro- our future as Crossbridge, if I can get this working, right, to be able to kind of see this picture of the horizon of where God is leading us, this journey or this road or this path, to be able to discern that and see that, we begin first with the edges, the frame. Because we build the frame that gives shape and structure to this picture inside, this vision of where God is leading us as Crossbridge, as a church. And so to be clear, this sermon series as we go over uh, over the next two months. It's not necessarily a sermon series on vision per se. It's setting up for that. That's going to come later. This series is not necessarily on direction, but on DNA. Not on the picture, but on the frame. And we're going to get into different parts of the frame. We're going to expound on that over the next few weeks. But this is going to help us frame our future moving forward, pun intended, I guess. When we think about DNA, right, we've been talking about DNA a little bit, it's something that doesn't usually change if we kind of ignore recent technologies with CRISPR and whatnot. But more or less, DNA is fixed, right? It makes up who you are. It's part of who you are. And there's, there's good DNA, and sometimes there's not so good, bad DNA, But the truth is that that DNA is already there. It just has to be discovered, articulated, clarified. And that's kind of what we're doing over the next two months as a congregation, is being able to point out, see, articulate, clarify the pieces of DNA that make us as a congregation, as Crossbridge, who we are and what we do. It's the beliefs, the values, the priorities, the the strategies that kind of inform our identity and our mission as Crossbridge. And so when we think about DNA, one way to think about it is culture. Crossbridge culture. It's kind of like the way that we do things around here. It's the norms, it's the beliefs, it's the values. The things that kind of set us apart, the special flavor, if you will, the special sauce. Because every church is unique in that sense, right? There may be other Crossbridges out there, but it's going to be different from this Crossbridge. And this church, this Crossbridge is different from the other churches down the street or in the part of the greater Boston area. We're all unique in that sense. And so while the inside picture of where God is leading us is dynamic, right? That picture can kind of change every few years. We might have a, a vision for five years or for ten years, The outer frame, the thing that holds it all together of who we are and what we typically do 
is definitive. It doesn't usually change that much. And so some of us, some of you guys worshiping with us this morning, have been a part of CrossFit for a long time. Some of you are, are still new. Maybe you found your, ways, uh, your way to us in the middle of the pandemic. And you've still been attending for a few months, still getting to know the church or getting to know the people, and that's great. Maybe there's a few of you this morning that literally just moved into the area for school or for a new job, and you're visiting us for the first time. So this sermon series is good for all of us. To be able to clarify, articulate, present who we are and what we do. To be able to unite together around that as a people for Christ. And also be able to share that with those around us. And if you're new, I admit I I might be asking a lot. But I would invite you to, to come back next week. And even hang with us just for a few weeks. Just to see if this Crossbridge DNA is something that you can appreciate, something that you can get behind, something that you can engage with and and want to be a part of too. And for our our members, this is the time, I think, to pray, right? To see if there's people that God is putting on your hearts and into your minds to reach out to, to invite, to bring with you, because maybe they've been disconnected from the wider body of Christ and church for a long time, or maybe, maybe they love Jesus but not his people so much, or, or maybe they just need a reminder of a grander, more divine purpose in life. So as we do with, with every Sunday, we look to Scripture for God's word to us. Right? Even though this sermon series might feel like it's all about us, I mean, literally, it's called This Is Us. But as, as Christians, right, as those who give our lives to Christ, we believe that to talk about This Is Us, we begin with This Is God. And so here's the first point for our message this morning. Our God is a missionary God. Right, before we talk about churches with their visions and their mission statements and everything on their website, it all begins first with the truth that God, the God whom we worship, is on mission. Right, our church historically has sent many, many missionaries out from our midst because mission is something that we care deeply about. But they're, not, they're, just not doing, they're not doing missions just for the sake of doing missions. It's connected to who God is. God is a missionary God who seeks to rescue and redeem his creation and his people. We even see this in God himself among the persons of the Trinity. God the Father sends the Son. The Father and Son send the Holy Spirit. So we'll read through a few verses. John three sixteen to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that, again, purpose, mission, that the world might be saved through him. 1 John 4, 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, and so that, purpose, mission, so that we might live through him. And lastly, John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. This is God. Our God is a missionary God. A God on mission. 
But he's not just in his corner doing his own thing. Our God is, is a God who involves his people, who invites us, includes us in his plan to bring blessing to the world and to make his name known. We see this through the entire narrative of Scripture. I re- you know we read from Matthew 28, but that's just one glimpse of that. You know, the Bible, though it has many different books, it was written with different writing styles over different periods of time with different genres, it is still one story. So in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, before even the people, much less the nation of Israel, was formed, God spoke to Abraham. He made a covenant, that's a promise with him, that he would bless him with descendants, with land, and, and ultimately that in and through Abraham, all the peoples of the earth would be blessed. And Abraham responds in faith, and he follows through. His descendants grow in number to become Israel, and again, God involves and invites this people now to be a treasured possession, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. So what, is, what does that mean? Michael Goheen, he, he puts it this way, and I like how he puts it. He says, the nation of Israel was to be a display people, embodying in its communal life God's original creational intention and eschatological and ultimate goal for humanity. He would come and dwell among them and give them his Torah to direct their corporate life in his way. God's people were to be an attractive sign before all nations of what God had intended in the beginning and of the goal toward which he was moving, the restoration of all creation and human life from the corruption of sin. And then moving on into our passage that was read this morning, Matthew 28, Jesus now is speaking to his disciples who will grow and multiply to become the church. And so he says to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. He makes this promise, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our God is a missionary God. But he also involves Invites, includes, even commands us, his people, to be part of that mission. We have a purpose. And so I like what this author, Christopher Wright, wrote in his book, The Mission of God. It gives us a a kind of a different perspective. He says, certainly the mission of God is the prior reality out of which flows any mission that we get involved in. Or as been nicely put, it is not so much the case that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission. God's mission. So we as the church are to do two things. right? To declare the gospel and also to demonstrate it. We as the church are to be both a sign and an instrument of God's mission. To do God's mission, yes, but there's also a sense of being, being the church itself, to be Christ for the world through our faith and our life together. And so we 
know that God is a missionary God. He involves us, he invites us, he includes us. And he gives us this great commission for all churches. But what does that look like now? How do we actually fulfill that as Crossbridge? Here's the second point. We have a great permission for the Great Commission. Will Mancini, he's the author of a bunch of church vision and leadership books, and he like, formed this church consulting company and all this. In one of his books, he talks about every church having what he calls this Great Permission for the Great Commission. We know that every church, every church's mission is God's mission, right? It begins with God. It's the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. But here's the thing. God doesn't mass produce his churches. His churches are not built off an assembly line. Crossbridge wasn't formed off of an assembly line. We were talking about DNA earlier. Crossbridge culture, every church is unique in that sense, in the way in which we glorify God and make disciples. That's what this kind of frame is all about. And so our great permission, as Mancini puts it, is being free to live as God has created and called us as Crossbridge to do in our unique setting. Or put it another way, our great permission is the unique way in which we as Crossbridge obeys the great commission to glorify God and make disciples. Again, every church is different. On the surface, it might feel like you know, we're all doing the same thing, right? We're all trying to help people see how awesome Jesus is. But when we dig a little bit deeper, maybe our mission statements might be a little bit different. Maybe our motivations, our strategies, our culture, it might all be a little bit different. Because God doesn't mass produce his churches. And so we ask, where do we start? Where do we begin? If we're to kind of think about this puzzle again, most people, maybe a lot of you, a lot of us, care about this picture in the middle, right? This vision or this direction or asking the question, where where is God leading us? What does that look like? What is on the horizon for us as a church? But again, what is the starting point for that picture? So let me take this globe as an example. Some of you have been traveling the past month uh, before school started, went on a family trip so I'm going to hypothetically spin this globe, and we're going to see where my next family trip is. And we are going to the middle of the Pacific Ocean, <laughs> right? So even if that is a picture of where we're going, the starting point is not where my finger landed, but where we are now and who we are now, right? Because it makes a big difference. If who I am is I get seasick and I can't go into the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Or it makes a big difference if you know, I don't ride, uh, I get car sick and I can't handle long rides, but that's what is needed to head in that direction. Maybe we need to go in a different direction. Or I can't ride on planes and so we have to figure out another way. 
It also makes a big difference if where we are is 10 miles in another part of the Pacific Ocean or on the other side of the globe, on the map. So the starting point for vision, for this picture of where God is leading us, is as Mancini puts it, not deciding where we want to go or what is just working for other churches and let's just copy and paste that. But understanding how we're unique, the way that God has formed Crossbridge. It's the, the frame again, the DNA, the thing that gives shape and structure. It's our great permission for the, God's great commission. Let me share a little bit more with you. I, I feel like I can share this, hopefully, because it doesn't really apply to my time here at Crossbridge and CBCGB. But when you, when you interview for churches as a pastor, and I interviewed for a couple when I first graduated from seminary, one of the qu- common questions that gets asked, or at least like I got asked this a lot, is what is your vision? Or sometimes they'll go more specifically and they'll say, like, what is your vision for our church? But what they're really getting at is, like, does your vision align with kind of who we are, what we do? To be honest, I never really understood why I hated that question so much until our leadership team started to work on some of this Crossbridge DNA these past few months. And the reason is because I don't know how to answer that question if I don't know your church that well. I mean, maybe there's other better pastors out there that could do a much better job of answering that question, but I'm here and you guys are kind of stuck with me. I mean, yeah, I can, I can read what's on your website. I can kind of look at your social media posts and I can use what I learned in seminary to kind of exegete not just scripture passages, but to exegete whatever church you're interviewing at. But that's not the same thing as also just living life together and spending time with the people. It takes time to really understand what that church is about. To know kind of who you are, who they are, before we give an answer on where I think God is leading you or us to go. And so what happens sometimes is maybe sometimes I feel like to answer that question, what is your vision, it ends up being like super generic, right? Like, My vision is to love God and love people, which is a good thing and a true thing, right? And it needs to be said, but not super helpful sometimes when it comes to, well, what does that look like in our context as our church? Or maybe it's not super generic, but maybe it's completely way off. Like our answer is completely way off because you're like, you know, my vision is to see for all the church members to live within walking distance from the church. But then you don't really make the connection that the church is in the suburbs. It's in Lexington. And that's just not going to happen. Why is it so important to begin with our DNA before we talk about direction? This frame, understanding how we're unique, who God made us to be as Crossbridge, realizing what our great permission is to obey the great commission. When we neglect who God has created Crossbridge to be, we have this ecclesial amnesia where we lose sight of who we are, what God has called us to do in our context. And so what we have is is a name, Crossbridge. What does that mean, though? We have a logo, we have 
uh, branding, we have color palettes and social media and a lot of swag. But ultimately, what is it all about? When we lose sight of who we are and what we are called to do, we lack clarity, purpose. What that leads to is a kind of a drifting without direction. Almost as if we're on a ministry treadmill where we're just running in place without thinking. Maybe some of you have felt that. Over the past nine or so months, Crossbridge, our Crossbridge leadership core team, and if you don't know who we are, uh, that's okay. There's a link to us in, in the bulletin with our pictures on the website. But we, we commissioned a, a task force made up of like members and deacons and leaders that met regularly. And I'm so deeply grateful for all the time and effort they put in because this is hard work to kind of start to try and discover the, the pieces of Crossbridge DNA that ought to make up our vision frame for this future of where God is leading us. And we did so with the blessing and the support of the Board of Elders. And this DNA, again, is, is important because change is about loss. Many of us have experienced a lot of changes over the past few years, whether it's changes that we started, initiated, or whether it's changes that were forced upon us. A lot of leaders out there, they, they say that people don't resist change per se. They resist the loss that comes with that change. Change brings loss. And, and so being clear about our DNA as Crossbridge is incredibly important. Whenever there might be changes, changes that we ourselves initiate, or changes that are forced on us by our context or our environment or the world that we live in, and there's a need to adapt when we're clear about who we are and what God has called us to do, then we'll also be clear about what won't change. But what DNA of ours is, is good that God has created us to be as a church. What is good and essential and will be preserved even as other things might need to change. And that will hopefully free us to be open to where God might be leading us what that horizon looks like, what is on the horizon, what that picture on the inside looks like. And as we head in that direction, we will still be clear on what our great permission is for our great commission. And so this great permission, which we've been talking about a lot, is, is embedded in this frame, our vision frame. It's composed of four sides. I'm going to go over it relatively quickly, but this is what the next few weeks are going to look like. We're going to start to unpack each part. And again, I want to invite you guys to, to stick with us. The first side, our mission. It answers the question, what are we ultimately doing as Crossbridge? As we gather together week to week, what is our purpose? How do we make disciples? How do we make, how do we obey the Great Commission? Bridging cultures to build a family in Christ. It's a short statement, but there's a lot in there that can be unpacked, and we're going to get into it next week. Right? Cultures, sure, it, means, it can mean ethnic cultures. That's a big part of our context here. But not just that. Generational culture. We are a multi-generational congregation and church. And secular too, right? Because of who we are, 
who you guys are. We, many of us are bridge builders, and we have an appreciation for that, either because we've done it ourselves or we've been on the receiving end of that. Like, we can talk to people, and we know, like, we know exactly what you're talking about. And then we bridge that with the gospel. We bridge those cultures, ethnic, generational, secular, with the gospel. And the purpose, right, is not just to make new friends or to form connections, but to build a family in Christ. What we mean by that is not just our own family, a biological family, but a spiritual family. Like if you can picture with me this large dinner table, because food is a big part of our, our church, where you have young and old and single and married and families and those without children, and people from different cultural backgrounds, all together as one family because of Jesus. And even more specifically within Crossbridge because of our appreciation for, maybe our engagement with this mission. Like this is the most important side because all these other sides are going to inform it or support it in one way or another. As we move on, the the second side, a set of new core values. It answers the question, we're called to bridge cultures to build a family in Christ. Why? Why are we doing it? What actually drives us to do it as a congregation? And some of you may remember that we, we, we do currently have or did have five core values. I wouldn't blame you if you didn't remember it. And it's not that those core values aren't important or relevant. And I, I know I, I personally appreciate all the work that had been put in by our members to kind of form those themes. But in this next season, we have come up with these four core values. Because I personally feel, I hope you feel too, this, none of this should be too new, right? Hopefully we can feel like, well, this is us. Right? These are the motives or the distinctives, the things that kind of really set us apart from different churches. This is the flavor, the special flavor, the special sauce of Crossbridge. Because right? on the surface, it might be like, oh, well, we're all going to make disciples. We're going to fulfill the Great Commission. But once you start attending, once you start spending time here, you start to notice things about how we do it or why we do these, these things. Values, these motives, core values, are, are, are uh, really capture, hopefully, what we're about as Crossbridge. They're part of our DNA. And, and they're so resiliently present sometimes that they happen automatically, by default, because that's who we are. All aspects of our organization or our congregation, our church life together, reflexively support that or reinforce those things. And so why do we bridge cultures to build a family in Christ? Well, it's because we are for God. It's because we are scripture-driven. It's because we are better together. And it's because we are servant-hearted. As I know many of you are, this is us. My hope is that this will lead to the third side, our marks. So this answers the question, when are we successful? And to be clear, this is not a checklist. As I know, some of us might look at this and be like, all right, let me check it off, right? And this is also not all-encompassing, right? There's only four things here. We might feel like, oh, there's like 10 other things I can think of that should be on here. And that's probably true. I mean, we could have come up with 30 marks. Then it would have felt like a checklist. 
right? This is just meant to give us, both members, longtime members, and even newcomers, a glimpse of where we're headed as we grow in Christ, as we mature together as Crossbridge. You know, it's not meant to finger wag or point, but to, to invite us together to live this way. And so if we are for God, then let us be missional in life together. If we are scripture-driven, let us not just know more things, but let us be shaped by scripture. If we believe that we are truly better together, collaborating together to accomplish God's mission, let us then be walking in community together. If we are servant-hearted, as I know many of us truly are deep down, let us be serving with joy and asking ourselves, where is our duty also our delight? And lastly, the last side of the frame, the map. Right? It answers the question, how are we doing all this? Or, or maybe where? Where is all this happening? Like, where does discipleship and growth happen? If you're new to this church, maybe you're trying to re-engage after it's been a little while. Like, where do you start? Like, some of you know me, and I'm, like, really into spreadsheets and organization and all this stuff. And I really don't want to give you guys this org chart with, like, 30 different ministries and a bunch of lines. Because that's going to be really, really overwhelming. Like, drinking from a fire hose. And some of you may really appreciate that. But our church or crossbridge doesn't need to be all of Jeff's. That wouldn't be good. We'll try something simple. Think of it this way. Three concentric circles. Circles within each circle. A big circle, mid-circle, and a small circle. So where do we start? Come to worship. Join a small group. Form a pod. Three different ways nested within each other to get started on our journey together to grow in Christ, to fulfill what God has called us to do, to obey the Great Commission, and to do so by bridging cultures to build a family in Christ. And so I'm excited for the next, the next two months for us. And I, hopefully as I briefly shared like this vision frame that's giving shape and structure to ultimately what this picture of where God is leading us, hopefully the feeling for some of these parts of the frame isn't new necessarily, but this is us. And this is us because this is God, a missionary God who invites us to be part of that mission and to do so in a way that, that he has uniquely created Crossbridge to be. And I also, in, and in turn, inviting you, all of you, new or old, to be part of Crossbridge as we discover our DNA, as we explore who we are and what we do, and as we journey together to be bridge builders, to glorify God and make disciples. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks because you are a God who cares deeply about this world and the people in it, your people, your creation. We thank you, God, that you are a God who is on mission to rescue and redeem this world and this people, and you invited us to be part of that. Help us as Crossbridge, both corporately and individually, to join you in that, in the ways that you have created us to be. In Christ's name we pray, amen.